Praise the Lord. <clears throat> we are, I, I preached a sermon this past Sunday morning and I, I finished it, although there were some things that I really wanted to expand on somewhat. I, I wanted <clears throat> to give a little clearer explanation and I felt pressed for time and should, um, and because we weren't having Sunday evening, I kind of wanted to go through all of that. And um, I, I will tell you that it is, um, you know, important that we walk in the anointing. And what does that mean, to walk in the anointing? To walk in the anointing, it means what? To say, you know, and what is the anointing? And we talk about that and we, we understand there are, there are many, many, many uh, things that you could preach about with regard to the anointing or teach about with re regarding um, the anointing. And I know we are seeing, um, you know, um, numerous references in the Bible to the anointing and you can go all the way back into the Old Testament and I mentioned where the word Messiah uh, in Daniel means the anointed one and it's the same word as Christ in the New Testament, the Greek word Christos means the anointed one and we understand that it was this anointing oil was made from a special formula and you can use that as types and shadows and you can talk about the anointing and how it ran down and there's uh, numerous Psalms 133 and Exodus 30 and then you can actually read in Leviticus how they made it and it was used to announce to anoint prophets and to anoint priests and to anoint kings and it symbolized the presence of the Lord in their life, on their life. It was a symbolic of you now have been anointed and that means that you have the presence of the Lord. We just had prayer and we anointed and we've anointed, you know, we even have at times and we did even this evening anoint a prayer cloth and pray over it and it's symbolic. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't have any more of the cards. I, I think we have some in the back. We used the last one, but on the card that we give out, we tell people that that this card is not a miracle working card. It's not miracle in the oil, but it's symbolic of the anointing. It's symbolic of the presence of God. It's symbolic of the prayers of the people. And I know, you know, there are people that have, uh, you know, purchased 
uh, holy water from uh, the Jordan or holy water from wherever or uh, sand from wherever or this is a stone from wherever because it has some healing significance to them. We don't believe that there is healing in the oil although I'm sure uh, a salve or an oil could promote maybe keep down infection possibly but that's not what that's all about there's far as I know uh, this oil doesn't heal cancer but we believe the prayer of faith can heal cancer far as I know this oil can't touch a body that, as you know, can't deliver from alcohol or drugs, but we believe that the prayer of God's people can do that. And so it's symbolic of that presence of the Lord. And in fact, whenever uh, Simon Peter preached to Cornelius, he talked about that God hath anointed Jesus and with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he referenced to when he was baptized by John. And we know that when um, the, the Lord went down into the water, there was some symbolism and a dove came and there was a voice and the Bible says from that moment on, he was driven into the wilderness by the spirit or in one version, it says led by, in the wilderness to by the spirit and he was filled with the spirit and with power. Now we know he was God manifest in the flesh. He had a supernatural birth. He had all of, uh, you know, he was in the temple at 12 or 13 or 14 saying I must be about my father's business. He was not he was not that was not the first time that the Holy Ghost had been on him or that he had been used of God. It was not that was not the moment but it was symbolic of the beginning of his ministry and symbolic of now there was a special anointing if you will that was on him. John, uh, of course, the beloved, describes how important it was for us to abide in Christ and to be connected to Christ uh, in 1 John, the second chapter. And I went through that and there, and it uses the phrase, you have an unction from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. This is the anointing. He says at the end, of, toward the end of that chapter, that which you have received of Him and should abide in you. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is, it is actually... In one writer, actually Paul, called it a down payment. Remember that? He said, the earnest of our inheritance. It is the down payment. When you buy a house, you put down earnest money. And the use of that word in the Greek, when he said the Holy Ghost is the earnest 
of our inheritance. And so when you think about the receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, it is like a down payment. It is like the first not touch. It's like the first down payment to what you are going to one day totally walk in at all times. And I will tell you that having received the Holy Ghost, I don't always walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Huh? There are times that I need another down payment. I need another touch. I need another anointing, if you will. And yet that anointing is supposed to abide in you. And in that second, that first John, the second chapter, he even talked about, this is why be careful how you act and sin and children don't do this and young men don't do this and fathers don't do this. Why? Because all of that separates you or puts a wall up from the anointing. And that's why when Paul kind of wrote about this in Corinthians. He said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. He said, if he's in Christ. And yet, that's why we have seen people that maybe get the Holy Ghost and then they uh, don't stop being an old creature. You understand what I'm saying? Some immediately, boy, they're changed and they don't do all the things they used to. They don't talk the way they used to. They don't act the way they used to. And some don't abide in Christ. You understand? Now the Holy Ghost is wanting to change them. The Holy Ghost is wanting to transform them. But unless I keep letting, submitting myself and opening myself up and saying not my will, but... That's why there's this war that goes on between, as Paul wrote, the flesh, my flesh, and the spirit, and the anointing. There is a war that goes on between the, my flesh and the anointing, between my flesh and the spirit. There's some things that I don't want to do that I do, and things that I wish I wouldn't do or would do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so that's why Paul would use the phrase, if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. And that he has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now that goes back to, you become a minister. He wasn't writing this to ministers only. He was writing it to the church. He says, you become a minister, a minister to reconcile. You become an ambassador he uses the word of an ambassador for Christ. Now, what does that mean to be an ambassador? Anybody? What is an ambassador? A representative that speaks in the name of the president, the government, in old days, even before there were elected offices, nations had ambassadors. They would send an ambassador. And that ambassador had the authority to act in the name of, 
I'm here to make a treaty with this nation. I am speaking for my country. I am speaking for my king. And they used to have all kind of laws about ambassadors, you know, uh, in different places. I know it used to be, you know, an ambassador couldn't be stay in a motel or a hotel or a building over three or four stories. It had to be where they could get them out because they were like the representative of another nation. And they operate, and we know, they operated basically under laws that were not from this country. Unfortunately, they have what they we call, and I know it, it comes up periodically, but it's called diplomatic. And, you know, the lady that was from uh, the political, she wasn't the ambassador to the UK, but she was part of that, uh, she was a spouse or something of one of the statesmen that was driving on the right side of the road and all the British drive on the wrong side of the road. And she hit somebody and killed them. And the country tried to sue her. You know what she did? Bye. Why? Because I have diplomatic, I am here in your country, but I operate under the laws of another country. Now, you may not agree with that, but you have to understand that whenever the Lord says, we are ambassadors of Christ, then it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the lawyer said. It we are able to say, thank you. I want you to do your best. That's fine. But I also know that if my president says I am healed, Amen. if my president Guess what? I don't operate under your laws. I have a different set of laws that I am under. And so he goes on and, and Paul uh, talked about that. We are ambassadors. Simon Peter, and we read this verse Sunday morning, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And I mentioned that Jesus spoke as a prophet. He spoke the word of God. He spoke as a high priest. And he spoke as a king. And so now I really wanted to talk to you about those divisions of labor. I mentioned to you Sunday that those were important. And we, we didn't, there's no particular order. I put priest first, but it means an intercessor. It means a mediator. It means one who offers incense. You know, it was a priest that would take off his, the high priest, his priestly garment and go in once a year into uh, the Holy of Holies to basically offer blood for the nation. But uh, there were 
jobs that were done every week by priests, that were done every day by priests, that would go and fill up the uh, lamp, the candlestick, would burn incense, would put on, uh, uh, you know, uh, the very sins of the bread on the table of showbread. And as a matter of fact, even when there was no more uh, of a holy of holies, if you will, and there was no Ark of the Covenant. In the New Testament, John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah, was going in to fell his lot, the Bible says, to offer incense. And so they went in and incense was a type of prayer, was a type of uh, that beseeching God as a sweet smelling saver. And that's what a priest does. And I know you can say, well, pastor, you're the priest. And, but we are all, as Simon Peter said, we are all a royal priesthood. Now you may say, well, I thought that was only for preachers. Well, here's, we know Jesus was our priest. Hebrews, the third chapter said, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Again, this was not written to a just preachers only, but he said he is our high priest. In Revelation, it says in the first chapter, before it talks about all of the churches, before it goes into all the different churches, uh, Laodicea and Sardis and Thyatira, before it talks about any of them, he says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests. Everybody say kings and priests. Unto God and his father. Kings and priests unto God. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. So when the Lord fills you with the Holy Ghost, when the Lord touches you with his spirit, when you get an unction from the Holy Ghost, it is not simply just to make you feel good. It is not simply just to anoint you that you would say, oh, this is wonderful. I love it. That's great. It's not just simply to say, wow, I feel like this is the down payment of what I'm going to get when I go to heaven. Yes. And what are we going to do when we go to heaven? We're going to be laying our crowns and worshiping and praising. And so it's not an option about saying, oh, well, I don't feel like doing it. I don't know if I feel like being, I don't know if I feel like raising my hand. It's not my personality. It's not who I am. You've been anointed to be a priest. You've been anointed to be a mediator. You've been anointed to be an intercessor. You say, well, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to be the one they always call on. Sorry, that's part of the unction. When you get anointed, you know, and, 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 and it says, in Isaiah, he said, 
you know, in Isaiah, he said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to put him to grief. Why? To make his soul an offering for sin and he shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prolong. And it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to make him an offering for sin. I don't want to be, I don't want to go through trouble. I don't want to go through trials. I don't want to go through stuff because it make me pray and pray for me and pray for somebody. I don't want anybody in here to go through. I want everything to be mountaintop to mountaintop. Huh? I don't want any problems. But part of that is who's going to intercede on behalf of somebody else? The Bible says he learned obedience through what he suffered. It also says that we have a high priest that's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Why? Because he was tempted in all points. And so when I'm going through something, it's to help me realize, you know what, man, oh, I know what it is when a family is struggling. I know what it is when somebody's afraid. I know what it is when somebody's stressed. I can pray for them. I can intercede for them. I can beseech the throne of God for them. I know what that feels like. Say, well, I can do it without going through it. I don't know. The Lord had to go through it all. Are we greater than the master? <laughs> and yet when you read in the Old Testament, a priest had to be without blemish. He couldn't have a broken nose. He couldn't have a broken foot, a broken bone. He had to be a perfect specimen. And that was for the high priest. I mean, he had to be perfect. And, you know, I can just throw it out there. That would exclude all of us. Because I don't think any of you nor me fit the bill of perfection. Okay? And so they couldn't have any physical defects. And yet what the Lord has done for us is anointed us with that same unction of the Holy Ghost that even though we don't qualify physically because of his blood and because of his mercy, we can intercede on behalf of somebody else. Amen. What a privilege. What a privilege. You say, well, I don't want to have to pray for anybody else. What a privilege. And as a matter of fact, you remember the story of Abraham and he was one of the first that we find interceding. The Lord came and says, okay, you're, you're my friend. I'm gonna wipe Lot out. I mean, Sodom out. And what did Abraham do? Oh God, if we find 50. You read this whole 18th chapter. If we find 50, if we find seven, you know, 45, if we find 40, if we find 30, and he got down to 10. 
And, and Abraham kept saying, you know, you are a good God and I know you do right. And I, we're, oh, please, Lord, spare him for 10. You really, he wrestles a whole chapter. Anybody ever feel like you've wrestled with God? <laughs> huh? But then amazingly, read the 19th chapter because they can't find 10. Remember the story? They go down and they get Lot and his daughters and his wife Two unmarried daughters and Lot and his wife. Four. They only got four. And one of the four didn't want to leave. So there weren't even three. Remember the story? And they're leaving. And what happens to Lot's wife? Turns around and looks back. So now Lot's got his two girls and he's moaning and he's groaning and he's dragging his feet. Oh God, oh God, I can't take it. Oh, I've heard the screams of everybody inside. Oh God, my wife, I just can't go any further. I'm out, I can't make it. Please let us go to this little town over here. I can't climb that mountain. Remember? 19th chapter. I just can't do it. The angel of the Lord appears to Lot. And this statement is almost mind-boggling there in the 19th chapter. Because the angel says, hurry up. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm you don't you realize I can't do anything till you get out of here. What are you saying? Amazingly, because there was an intercessor that had remembered Lot and had pleaded, that angel said, not because Lot was so good. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about it. he vexed his soul. Lot, I, you have a hard time to convince me Lot was a real godly man. and, Huh? But it wasn't because of who Lot was, but because who Abraham was. And because of who, how Abraham had prayed. That the angel said, I can't, I need to destroy this and you're stopping me. You better hurry up, go ahead, get to that city because I'm fixing to wipe Sodom off the face of the earth. That's kind of mind boggling to me. Because that's the power of an intercessor. You've heard Brother Jim Hoskinson talk about the power of his mother's prayer. You know how powerful our prayers of intercession are? When you pray for your children and you pray for your grandchildren and you pray for your family, you may be holding back. Huh? That's what the anointing does to us. Oh, man. And I, I put here, you know, I know people talked about, you know, after 9-11 and how our nation 
and really didn't turn to God. Of course, after World War II, and it's ironic that President Eisenhower, who had been a general in World War II in the 50s, right after the, the end of World War II, and they had a big push to make our nation put in God we trust, one nation under God, indivisible, in the pledge, all of those kinds of things. In fact, I used to always get tickled because <clears throat> Brother uh, Gale, uh, William Gale, Bill Gale's passed away, but used to lead the pledge when Brother Keys, and he would not say one nation under God because he didn't learn it that way. That happened after World War II. But they made an edict and General Eisenhower and they put under God and it was a nation turned to God. I'm not sure our nation turned to God after we got attacked at 9-11. As a matter of fact, I think our nation is more godless now than it's ever been. You know, and when you stop and think of of what is brewing in the, in not just here now in the world. Brother Cawthorn sent me a thing that about Finland and, and a lady who's a legislator there whose husband is a Lutheran minister there in the country of Finland. She put on her website a, just a picture of the Bible verses that talk about marriage and a man and a woman. And she got arrested. She serves in the legislation in Finland. And she got arrested for promoting hate speech. And it was all about what's going on in Finland. Brother Rodney Hoskinson sent me a thing that Australia and they're fighting it. It's around the world. We do not want God to tell us what to do. We don't believe in anybody to tell. And instead of humbling ourselves and saying, even from this, you know, virus, it's like, I, I, and of course it's not, it doesn't, it's ironic to me that, you know, the ex-governor of California made it plain to say, I want you to know it wasn't God that stopped this virus. Our science stopped it. And now he's no longer governor. I want to tell you something. If there was ever a time, if my people, which are called by my name, will be intercessors and humble themselves. Why? As a nation, we're not doing it, but as the people of God, we have the power to intercede on behalf of our family, on behalf of our nation, on behalf of the individuals around us. And you say, well, I don't know if I want to do all of that. Honey, then pray, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And it is time for the church to realize we have the anointing. We need to walk in the anointing. Say, well, uh, my, I thought the anointing was just so I had shivers up and down my spine. Well, that's good. It is for shivers, but it's uh, for something else too. It's good for shivers, but it's also good to pray for somebody. Pray for our nation. Pray for our church. Pray for, huh? Pray for the men in our church. It seems like we're getting hit and bombarded. Pray. Galatians 6 chapter, and it says it like this. He said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. He that sows to his flesh shall reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall reap life everlasting. What are you saying? If a high priest in the Old Testament had to be perfect, what do you think? I can just live what I like and do what I want and act, and it's all up to me, and I don't need to worry about anybody. I can't do that. I have to watch myself because I, somebody's got to intercede. Yeah. Say, so, well, I don't want to be the one interceding. Well, then tell me who is. That's good. Who will? If we who have an unction of the Holy Ghost don't intercede, who, who are we going to hire? Amen. Republicans? Democrats? Another denomination? Another group of people? You say, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if I don't feel like doing, if I don't feel like praying, if I don't feel like, you know, reading the Bible, if I don't, it's not a question of if I don't feel like one day I got anointed, I have to do it. Whew. Hebrews, the th second chapter, he says, wherefore we ought to give the more earnest thing, heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time we let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and every disobedience received the just recompense of reward how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation because we have witnessed the signs the wonders the miracles the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own we have seen the unction of the Holy how am I going to escape when I know, and I put there on this slide, Genesis the ninth chapter, you remember? Whole world's rotten, find Noah. Divided them out. First Thessalonians, <laughs> dividing it out. Matthew, wheat and the tares, dividing them out. You say, well, I don't understand. I just think that the Lord, you know, loves us all and He's nice and He is and I'm thankful and I'm thankful for His mercy and I'm thankful that He forgives but it makes me recognize, oh God, help me. I need to not do this and I need to, I need to tighten my belt here and I need to do this. Lord, why? Because I've been called to be an, a priest that is unction, that has the Holy Ghost. I've got to pray for somebody. And if I don't pray, who will pray? So can I keep myself pure enough to be a priest to intercede on behalf of someone else? You know what the greatest trick of the enemy is? That I am so bombarded that guess who I pray for? Huh? Oh, God, help me. Forgive me, Lord. I'm so sorry, God. That's all right. I, I've had to pray many of those prayers. Huh? Oh, God, I didn't well. Please, Lord, wash my Huh? Anybody had to pray like that? And then, you know, I'm praying, oh, God. And all of that time, I should have had my act together. 
So I could say, oh God, we need a miracle. Our town, our community, my family, huh? I shouldn't have to take 20 or 30 minutes of my intercession time interceding on my behalf. I'm supposed to walk into the presence of the Lord and offer praise and offer prayer. Whoop. It's just us. Nobody's going to watch this service online anyway, so it's all right. I could spend a lot more time on priests, but let's go on to prophet. What is a prophet? That's speaking the word, a word from God. And you say, well, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. We know Jesus was a prophet. In fact, Simon Peter identified him as that. He's a prophet. And the Lord has sent prophets. The Lord, Moses said the Lord would raise up prophets. As a matter of fact, John opened up his letter by saying he was the, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and finally in verse 14, and the Word was made flesh. And I am so thankful that all of us speak the Word of God at all times. Woo! Oh, pastor, just don't be nuts now. Don't get off track here. Prophet, word of God, blessings, not cursing. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said these words. The wisdom of God. I will send them prophets and apostles and some of them will slay them and persecute them. And you know why the Lord said he did that? It was so that the blood would be required of that generation. And I know immediately you can flip me forward to Ephesians and say, see there, here's where it is. The fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And I realize, you're right, that is a gift. It is a gift given by God, a pastor, an apostle, an evangelist, a teacher, perfecting of the saints. I realize that, a prophet, I got it. But this same book that Simon wrote, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Here's what he said. As in the fourth chapter, starting at verse 10, he said, remember it was 1 Peter 2 that he talked about as being a royal priesthood. Notice what he says in 1 Peter chapter 4. As every man hath received the gift. Anybody receive the gift? Let him minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Anybody been forgiven? Anybody been touched? Anybody been treated better than they deserve? If any man speak, if any preacher speaks, what did he say? 
if any man speak, all you ladies are off the hook. Now that was the royal man or woman. Let him speak as the oracle of God. Well, I just let them have a piece of my mind. I wanted them to know how I, oh Lord. I've been anointed to be a prophet, to speak about the grace of God, to speak about what God is able to do. And man, I could, oh God, I need to walk in the anointing, huh? I need to take a step back and say, oh, let me pray a moment. I don't want to speak out of turn. That's why James would do a whole chapter in his book about the little rudder that turns the whole, huh? That's why Jesus would say something like bitter and sweet coming out the same hole. Huh? That's why he would say something like bless those that do good to those that do. He goes on and says, if any man minister, let it, as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom be praise and dominion. I should be talking about how powerful God is. I should be talking about how good God is. Forever and ever. And then you know what he says next? Beloved, my brethren, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial that's happened to you. Why would he follow up prophesying and say, okay, don't get bent out of shape when you start going through something, but do what? Oh, rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Oh, my Lord, help us that we speak as a prophet in this hour when the whole world is angry, the whole world is frustrated, the whole world is full. It is so easy have nothing but just I'm I'm on the edge I'm on I'm I'm so angry I'm huh God has been good the grace of God the mercy of God I want to give God praise all right hallelujah I know my time's going king how do you how do you speak or act as a king I, I, no, Lord, I, I don't know if you want to heal. I'm not sure. I know I've been bad and I don't, huh? You have an unction from the Holy One. <clears throat> Why do you think we felt a spirit of let's march, let's walk and pray and pray with authority, huh? What's, what is that? That's the Holy Ghost sometimes. You know, you ever, ever felt that? Just like, okay, I, I can't kneel down here and just bury my head in the carpet. I kind of got to get up and say, Jesus, in the name. 
got to walk around my house and say in Jesus name. What are you doing? I'm feeling an unction from the Holy Ghost. That I need to pray with authority. That I need to speak with authority. You say, well, are you, are you saying, you can say, okay, make you know, money appear. Well, he said, the reason why some of you get off out of, bent out of shape is you ask for things according to your will, not according to mine. We're ambassadors from the Lord, remember? That's why Jesus said, I know he said all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, but Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself won't stand. So if the Lord is wanting to do something and we're praying against that, that's why it says pray in tongues, pray in the Holy Ghost. So you align yourself with his will. Why? Because sometimes you have to bind the strong man. And we prayer walked and we marched and Brother Britton and Brother Rogers and others have driven around the city and walked around the city and prayer and pray and believe and hold on and say in Jesus name our kids have knocked on door what are you doing this is not the first time it's been done they've marched they've walked they've invited they've knocked doors we have done it I'm telling you what are you saying but we have to do it is there a lot of respect no but sometimes it's just that kingly authority of I'm going to every place that the sole of your foot touches I'm going to I'm going to take it back for the name of the Lord Sometimes you have to get up and walk around your house. I've seen, I, I have talked to parents that would get around and walk around their child's bed and pray in the name that's above every name. I'm going to march. I'm going to pray. I, what am I doing? I'm acting like a king. I'm speaking. You say, well, how does that, where does that come from? Because, you know, <sighs> If we don't take authority, he goes on in the 10th chapter of Luke and he said, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. I don't even want to be around serpents and scorpions. I don't even like to be where there's big mosquitoes. I don't like spiders and snakes. Scorpions and bugs. And yet he said, I'm giving you power. And so when all of a sudden you're thrown into a situation and it's dark and it's dense and it's dangerous, put your boots on, grab yourself and say, I'm going to walk on this. I know, what, I know what the doctor said. I know what everybody else, I don't know what, but I know in whom I have believed and I don't know if I'm coming through it, but I know a God that is able. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to march on it. I'm going to, why? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, and, and he goes on here and he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. And they rejoice because spirits were subject to them but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness. And Paul told Timothy, he said, I want you to pray for the kings and people in authority. And I want to tell you something, and I, and I say this humbly, and it's us, and I know, but I, I have traveled to Malaysia, and you're awakened at sunup with a call for prayer 
Five times a day they pray. We have prayer meetings. We have one this coming Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday. The, the day's December the 1st, so on December the was sixth or seventh Tuesday night, we have corporate prayer. But five times a day, they're, they're praying. There is no God but Allah. I want you to know, in the next few days, I, I Brother Cothern asked about some folks sacrificing lunch, but uh, you know, this week, and I, I realize that we have been bombarded. We've got Brother Shane's got a test coming up and Brother David's trying to get in. Brother Tracy needs a divine miracle. They've called in put a hospice to help him manage some of the pain. We've got Brother Tim and I, Brother Richard Luzaner, and I could go on and on and on, and we've been praying. But you know what? If there was ever a time that we put our foot down and say in the name of Jesus we're taking authority Lord you are able don't let us fall under a spirit of despondency or a spirit of fear or a spirit of anxiety let us be strong in the faith regardless of what else is coming our way we're not going to submit to a spirit of fear but we're going to believe God you are able Five times a day, we ought to be able to say, there is no God but Jesus. Lord, you are God today. Move on behalf of our people. Esther, when she got ready to go before the king, she said, I want everybody to fast. You and your wives and your children, your dogs, your cats, your horses. She made everybody fast. I'm not telling you to put everybody on a fast, but that's how serious she was. Why? Because you know what? It's time to go into the presence of the King of Kings. We want to make sure we get an answer from God. Huh? Say, well, Pastor, I'm not sure. Oh, Lord, we have an unction from the Holy One. Herein is our love made perfect. I read this last week. There is no fear. As we are in the world, there's no fear, fear of torment. I read Ephesians, the exceeding greatness of his power. I read that Sunday, and I called the, la the, the verse, Revelation, the 17th chapter, the lamb shall overcome them. This was what the last slide that I read. I didn't put this Joshua 5th chapter there because you remember when Joshua Moses had died and there was all this trauma and they were crossing into the promised land and Joshua went and there was this big angel soldier there and, and he goes, who are you? You with us or against us? And what did the angel say? No. But as captain of the host of the Lord, Joshua fell down and worshiped him. When David went to fight Goliath, you know what he said? You come at me with a sword and a spear, with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel. He was speaking like a king. And that's how I think we ought to pray these next three days until this next Sunday we need to pray. Lord, we're coming to you as the captain of the armies of Israel. We need you to move in a miraculous way. 
Let me show you what it means for the Lord of hosts. And I know, got two more slides, I'm gonna finish, sorry. Fear not, Isaiah 54, shall, you shall not be ashamed, neither shall thee be confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. Thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. Thou shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. That's what I'm saying. If the, if the enemy can make you feel ashamed, oh God, I'm so sorry, I'm so bad, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. then I don't operate in the... How many times do you think the Queen of England walks around saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it? Huh? How many times do you think a king goes, oh, I know I was mean, I was bad, I... I mean, they were notorious for just saying, blow it off. You remember? One of them said, why are these people out here starving? Let them eat cake. Cake? They don't have cake. They don't have anything. For thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. The Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth. Psalms 24, short chapter. Psalms 20, I want you to, that's your homework. Read those two. Psalms 24. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart hath not lifted up his soul into vanity nor sworn deceitfully. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up. I think it's only nine verses. You can read it for homework. You everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. This is not a time to drag our heads or hang our heads down. Oh God, I don't understand. It's a time to say, Lord, who we know I'm going to lift up my head. I am part of the army of the Lord of hosts. David said in Psalms 20, it's another short chapter. The Lord shall hear you in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send help from the sanctuary. Strengthen thee out of Zion. We will rejoice in thy salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up banners. Now know I that the Lord saveth his Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Save us, Lord. Let the King hear us when we call. You get down to about verse 6 and say, I know the Lord is able to save his anointing. That's why I want to stay full of the anointing, the unction. That's why I want to walk in the anointing. Why? Because I want to know, I want you to know something. No harm shall come to the anointed. You say, well, are you saying that nobody will ever die that's got the Holy Ghost? No, but they pass from death to a life everlasting. Hallelujah. Let's stand.